Good morning. This is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. We are continuing our Living Beyond Cancer series, and today I am interviewing Francisco Sandoval. He is the founder and owner of PC Smart Team and DJ Pac-Man, and he's with us this morning to share his story of dealing with cancer. Hi, Francisco. How are you today? Hi, Angela. I'm good. And yourself? Very good. Thank you. And I appreciate you um, being willing to take the time to share your story today. I know just hearing some of it myself, I was very encouraged and inspired by your words. And I'm hoping that you will share with our listeners some of what you went through, um, I believe, back in high school, right, when you were diagnosed? Correct. So you were in high school, and I believe you said you were an athlete at the time? Yes, I was a soccer player. Okay, and you had the typical life of a teenager and all the things that most teens do that was going on in your life and things were okay? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everything was fine. I was, uh, uh, you know, just doing my studies, playing soccer and the typical stuff and, you know, just living my life. <laughs> and what happened? Tell us how you found out that you had cancer. Well, it all started at a soccer game. Uh, when I was about 16 years old, um, I was playing in a soccer team, and we were playing against 30-year-olds. I was, like I said, 16 at the time. We were playing against 30-year-olds for practice, you know, just to, and we could play 30-year-olds and we could play anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So finally, I was I was um, playing defense at the time, and I got the ball, and one of the 30-year-olds came at me and stuck his foot in the air, um, not even going towards the ball, just stuck his foot in the air and kicked me in the shin mm-hmm. really, really hard. And he had metal cleats. Ouch. So, I mean, that really hurt. Like, I fell to the ground, and I was just, like, in, in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought nothing of it. I just thought, okay, I was kicked. Get up. Keep playing. So I did that. And, obviously, afterwards, I got a boost. I got a nasty bruise in my shin, and um, okay, and I the same thing. I thought, like, okay, well, you know, it's just a bruise. It's going to go away. Well, a year later, I still have the bruise, and uh, it's time to get checked. <laughs> right. That's a long time to have a bruise. Yeah. So I told my mom, like, you know, and I'm like, this really hurts sometimes. Randomly, it would, my leg would hurt randomly. Mm-hmm. So... I told my mom, She at first she didn't believe me, she thought I was joking around because I'm a big jokester. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally my mom decided to believe me, and, and a year later after that kick, uh, she takes me to the doctor, and, you know, they tell me, okay, well, this looks like um, this looks like a tumor, and they refer me to a, a specialist. And the specialist uh, is, uh, you know, looking at it, they, they, they take some samples or whatnot, and, and they tell me, okay, well, we have to we have to get a biopsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to get a piece of the bone to analyze it, and, and we'll go from there. So finally, they do the biopsy, and I'm thinking, okay, whatever, if it's a tumor, it's just a tumor, no big deal. Right. Let's just remove it, and that's it, you know, just like a regular tumor. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that it's not a regular tumor, it's a malignant tumor, mm. and it's spread all over my bone. Wow. Yeah, so, and it would have continued spreading. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told me that the kick is probably what activated it. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, you know, the next step is to pretty much get go under surgery and get the entire bone removed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's basically the story. I I, um, I was in shock. I, I, 
you know, it was a 16-hour operation. Uh, the doctor told me, you know, there's a risk of death. There's a risk of amputation. There's, you know, anything that comes with a surgery and, you know, combining with cancer, you know, all the risks were there. Right. I imagine that you were probably very scared at the time. What were your feelings as far as um, how you were dealing with everything at that moment? You know, like, I was a teenager, so the things that were going through my head since after the biopsy, I um, I was on crutches. Mm -hmm. But the things that were going through my head were like, oh, I'm on crutches. How kind of embarrassing you could say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I started realizing, like, okay, um, being a teenager, I was thinking, okay, these are my friends. These are not my friends because they stopped talking to me. You know, typical teenager stuff. Right. <laughs> but the one thing that, that, you know, realizing that I lost a lot of friends, mm-hmm. the one thing that I that I realized I never lost was, um, you know, is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind of, like, a lot of people told me, you know, oh, aren't you mad, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, not really, you know, if anything, I was, that was the person or the entity that I relied on, that I relied on to get through this. Right, right. So you would pray oh. and go to church or talk to God about your situation, and that encouraged you? Yes, yes. I um, I became a very, very quiet person during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the biopsy and the surgery, mm-hmm. um, and all I was thinking, like, okay, well, I need to, you know, I need to talk to God and, and find out what the what the next step is going to be. The way the doctor put it is amputation or death. Right. So it's like I need to be ready for either. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously death being the worst. So that's what you know in my mind. Okay, I need to make peace with God, and I need to make sure that whatever he decides that I'm okay with and I need to make sure that whatever he decides my family is okay with. Right. That's a big thing to um, come to peace about at the young age of 17, at any age, but definitely when you're young and, of course, probably at that time you were expecting your life to be one filled with sports and dating and where you're going to go to college, things like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I never thought. When I saw the bruise, I just thought it would be something simple, you know, like, right. okay, and it turned out to be something difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can uh, imagine. But, yeah, but an experience in my life that I'll be able to share with others, and you know, like, and that's kind of like how I see it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't really see it as, oh, what I was going through back then. Mm-hmm. I kind of see it as like, okay, this is something that, that God gave to me to share with others and, and be able to, you know, just share my story. Mm-hmm, exactly, which is what we're doing today. And and hopefully people will listen, especially if there's any teenagers out there who are going through cancer, um, and they'll understand that there there is hope and there are different ways to deal with your diagnosis and your situation. And, and sometimes, I know myself from dealing with cancer, it seems hopeless at times, but there's always hope and faith that we can hold on to and, and that sense of peace about whatever the outcome in outcome is, is extremely important. So what did you learn during that time about yourself, about God, about the world? I mean, because it must've been a lot of learning that you went through that led up to where you're at today, so to speak. The main thing that I learned is that I, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Because the more I talk to God, the more I, I um, 
prayed, the more I uh, became at peace with, with everything that was going on, you know, the more I talked to my mom, like, oh, you know, mom, if I die, I just want you to be okay, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm letting you know I'm okay with it, I, you know, whatever God decides, that's, that's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the more I did a lot of that stuff, the more I realized that I'm not alone, you know, mm-hmm. especially being in the hospital, seeing other patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading about other stories, you know, just just realizing that that my case was easy compared to other cases. Mm-hmm. So even though I it pretty much took two years of my life away, mm-hmm. say because I was in you know uh, hospitals and crutches and like for a whole two years, like that that didn't really matter. It was just a stage in my life that I was realizing what kind of person I am, mm-hmm. and, and more than anything, I learned a lot a lot about myself that. Uh, that I'm very, very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful thing to be grateful for, for our lives, for our health, um, for the strength that we have in our inner selves to get through things like this that we would never even imagine having to deal with. Correct, correct. And and and, and funny enough, I came out a jokester. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Sometimes that's the best way to handle these things is to, you know, laugh about it and to find the positive. And, I mean, I want you to be able to explain to the listeners what is it that um, helped you from that point on to then go forward with your life. Because I know when I had initially talked to you, of course, that changed things for you. You weren't going to be able to be in sports any longer and I'm sure can't do everything that a typical person could do. So how did that change things and direct your path, so to speak, about towards what you do now? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because I saw my life. I had two paths. Before cancer, I had two paths that, that I was going to follow. Uh, one, it was I was enlisted in the Marines. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, signed up, ready to go. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, yes, that's something that... You know, I just, I'm not sure what drove me to that, but I just felt like that's an experience that I want for my life to be able to, you know, live that. I just, I wanted to live that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other path is after, after the Marines, I wanted to be a professional soccer player because that, that, that was my life mm-hmm. ever since I was little, like soccer, nothing but soccer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a good soccer player, it's like, and you love the sport, you know, that that's what you want. Like, you know, once you have that, that's what you're going to want, and that's what, what I was uh, trying to accomplish. Um, but when when this happened, Marines was out, <laughs> out right. of the picture. Right. You know, obviously, you know, that they, they don't allow any surgeries or whatnot. And soccer was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So I have owners, but... <laughs> basically, your whole identity was gone. Exactly. And so what did you do with that information, because that's huge, especially as a teenager, because when we're teens, you know, we think we're invincible and all of our dreams and are going to come true and, you know, we can do anything. And so that is a huge loss. What did you do with that? Well, more than anything, since, since I was talking to God, instead of being mad at God, I just kind of stopped a little bit and, and thought to myself, okay, well, these are no longer options. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next option. Wow. And yeah, yeah, because I mean, there was no point in you know sitting down and like, oh well, I'm worthless now. I can't do anything. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do anything. There was no point in that, you know, because then that means that the second chance that I just got, mm-hmm. I wasted it. That's right. So you know, 
And and believe it or not, actually, and when I woke up from the surgery, um, the doctor told me that uh, the blood that I had donated for myself mm-hmm. uh, ran out. Mm. So they had to use more blood. So I was like, he said I was really close to dying. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, when I woke up, he told he told my family and I that it was a miracle that I was alive. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and this, this coming from a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, you know, if I just sat down and, and thought, thought to myself, well, I can't do anything now, well, that was just going to be a waste of, of that miracle. Right. You're absolutely right. I love that. That is so true. And I think that that's oftentimes what people need to realize is that our circumstances may not be exactly what we planned or what we hoped for, but we can look for the miracles and we can look for the good things that are still available to us. We just have to have a change in perspective, right? Correct, correct. And, and as a matter of fact, the, the next step for me was, well, what else did I love? What, what, before this, what else did I love that I can live towards that, that, that I don't need my leg? Mm-hmm. necessarily to to do mm-hmm. and the first thing that popped into my head was technology mm-hmm. i was the person that first and foremost fixed everything <laughs> mm-hmm. i took things apart and put them back together i was that guy and not only did did i uh, take things apart and put them back together i loved a challenge like i loved being able to spend hours upon hours trying to do something mm-hmm. and finally accomplishing it mm-hmm that feeling was like it is just amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you know, technology challenges, put them together, and then you have there you have you know computers. <laughs> right, right. Which yeah, is and, and which is obviously something that is very needed in today's um, times. Is you know help with the computers and systems and technology is just really out there, which is awesome. Tell us about your business that you started. Um, yeah, well, PC Smart Team. I um I started that with with uh, the intention of of just growing. Uh, okay, here's what happened. After the whole surgery thing, I started working. I worked at a at a Allen's Park Depot, which you might know. And every single day I was there, I was always trying to fix their computers or the registers, or I would tell them like, "Oh, you need this, you need that," and you know, well, they they didn't really care that we were IT guy. So I was always looking to move up. So I looked for another job, and I went into Downey Savings, uh, which is a bank. Mm-hmm. In Downey Savings, I was doing the exact same thing. Like, oh, well, you need this. You can get new monitors. You can get this. You can fix it this way. You're running DOS. You should run Windows, blah, blah, blah. And once again, they had their own people, so they, they didn't really care what I had to say. Mm-hmm. So the next step for me was applying at Geek Squad. Mm-hmm. And at Geek Squad, it was... You know, it was awesome. I loved that job. It was just like nothing but fixing and people taking my advice and actually mm-hmm. implementing it. And, and just, you know, that experience was amazing. Now, the only thing, even though I'm really grateful for that, the only thing I realized is that, well, if I could do it at Geek Squad, I could do it on my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, you know, make my own thing out of it. And that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. Once I left Geek Squad, I decided, well, you know what, I, I can do it on my own. And that's what I've been doing. And, and you know what, it, it's just amazing because you're helping people that you're either helping them learn mm-hmm. or just helping them because they don't really know. 
Mm-hmm. And and they appreciate that so much because you know you're whether it's the simplest thing as setting up a printer mm-hmm. or a difficult thing like setting up a server. They actually just they just appreciate what you're doing. Right, right. That makes sense. And so what are all the different services that you provide at PC Smart Team? The services, I mean, they range from, you know, putting together a network to putting together a website. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, anything that has to do with technology, you know, I pretty pretty much just um, offer that in in my business, you know, and and the people that that I work with or, or, you know, the customers, you know, they always have something that has to do with technology, you know, like I've, I've done as, uh, I've done things such as setting up a TV, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's because once again, it's just, since they don't know, they appreciate someone that does know. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and you know, like I, I could concentrate just on computers, but if they ask you to do something, it's like, well, I know how to do it. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's a great deal of people, myself included, who can't figure out how to wire different things like the PS3 to the TV and the uh, VCR and the DVR and all those things. So um, it makes sense to have someone be able to just come in and quickly do that stuff instead of learning it all myself. Right, right, right. And so it sounds like you do more software work than like actual hardware stuff as far as like fixing a broken computer or a broken uh, printer. Is that correct? Like people... Well, well, the way I recommend it is that, um, you know, upgrading a computer or whatnot, you know, it's not necessarily the most convenient thing, especially with the price of of computers. Mm -hmm. You know, the price has lowered so much that doing upgrades is just not really efficient. If anything, just buying a computer. (laughs) Right, right. That makes sense. Yes, I just concentrate on on helping people, you know, with their current computer or with their new computer. Mm -hmm. So that's why software-wise. So they can come to your shop or you go to their place or is it one or the other? It's one or the other. I prefer going to their place because, you know, then and I'm doing it there where, where they're at and, and they can see that the problem that they have, I'm solving the problem that they have. Mm-hmm. And they can see that, you know, and if I'm doing it at my shop, they can't see what I'm doing. Right. So, yeah, it's just a guarantee. It's, it's better. <laughs> And what do you have a website that you can share with the listeners in case they want to find out more information? Yes, it's uh, actually pcsmartteam.com. Okay, great. That's awesome. I want to ask you, so when you started your business, I mean, it totally makes sense. You found something that you also love to do and were good at, and you got the experience that you needed um, being on the Geek Squad. But when you actually went out and took that step, because... That's one of the things we've talked about on my show several times is um, being an entrepreneur, being brave in that and having the courage to take that step out there. In part, were you able to do that because you said, you know, I've survived cancer and this is my second chance at life. So if I can do that, I could probably go out and start my own business. Is that anywhere how you thought? I mean, I'd like to say partly mm-hmm. um, and only because, you know, surviving cancer is such a big part of your life right? that you kind of feel like, you know, if if God has helped me with cancer, he's going to help me with anything else. Right, exactly. Like, but more than anything, I've always been independent. Mm-hmm. I've never really been, uh, uh, I, I've never really been the type of person that, oh, I need a job or I need to do this. I, I, 
I've always been just, I like to say independent and, and a rebel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Two great qualities no. to have as an entrepreneur, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, I remember in, in high school when, um, when it was time to do homework or whatnot, you know, I, I never did my homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not encouraging others to do this. The only reason I never did my homework was because I was the type of person that I would go in and take the test and, right. and get an A on the test type thing. <laughs> right. I hear you. That makes sense. And I do want to point out, too, to our listeners that you actually have another business, another um, area of your life that's your passion. You are also a DJ. Is that right? Tell our listeners and, how that came about. Well, uh, with technology um, came music <laughs> for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was, I'd like to say, 12 years old, I've been DJing on the computer. I've been, you know, experimenting with music. And, you know, music has always been a big part of my life because I, I love dancing. Mm-hmm. And not only do I love dancing, I love the reaction that people get from the music that I was playing. Because mm-hmm. at, at parties, at family parties, I was always the DJ. I was always the person playing the music. Mm-hmm. And that reaction was just like, you know, like, oh, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the one putting that together. I'm the one, you know, helping them have fun. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Yeah, and I actually started my collection of music ever since I was 12. So mm-hmm. I mean, w- the way I do it, it's actually not really just a, a DJ company. It's, it's more of a, a event services company. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we do photography, video, DJ, choreography, and so on and so on. Wow, that's awesome. So you can do like a whole package for like an event, a wedding or a birthday, retirement party, those types of things. Yes, yes. Very um, cool. As a matter, yeah, as a matter of fact, we, we've done that plenty of times, you know, and, and, and it's just, what I love about that is that it's technology integrated with entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, and that just like makes sense to me because, I mean, I love technology, but I also love entertainment. So you put them together and, and it's just like heaven. <laughs> right. That makes sense. And I understand that what you do is when people contact you, you get a feel for what they want so that you can adjust accordingly as far as their music taste and their style. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, as a matter of fact, the way we do parties is we um, or events. The way we do them is we have a meeting beforehand, mm-hmm. and we make sure that we are getting everything that you want. That we're getting everything that you want and everything you don't want as well. That way, we make sure not to place anything in your party or your event that you're not going to be happy with. That's great. I love that. Something an individualized service is always the best way to go in my mind. And what is the website for the DJ services? For DJ services, it's um, escevents.com. Okay. That's awesome. So if anybody needs um, a DJ for their events with all kinds of other services, uh, make sure you contact Francisco. And I want to know, which I'm sure some of our listeners are probably wondering, how do you have time for all this? Because I know you are also engaged to be married and have a wonderful girlfriend and spend time with her. And you also uh, help run the youth group at your church. So where do you find the time? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's, it's um, the way I see it. Having cancer made me realize that our time here is, is short. Mm-hmm. So I have to do as much as possible 
with the time that I with the time that I do have. So the way I find time is first of all by praying, mm-hmm. and second of all by integrating great people with my business. Mm-hmm. For example, my fiance, um, she's you know she helps me with both businesses. You know she does all of the accounting, she does all the paperwork, so I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And obviously for our events company, we have uh, a lot of photographers, a lot of people who do video, right? Uh, a lot of people who help me. We have, you know, I have four DJs with me. It's mm-hmm. not just uh, because obviously we want to be able to cover more than one event at a time. Right, uh, right. That makes so sense. Just, yeah. So, I mean, it's just like praying and getting involved with involved with all the right people. Mm-hmm. Right. And creating a team, if you will, so that you know you can rely on others and you can spread out the work, so to speak. Exactly. And I love the exactly. idea, yes. as you said, starting with prayer. I mean, because I think if we have a prayer life and stay true to our faith, that can really be a good foundation for all the things that we want to do and create and be successful in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, my mom always told me something that, to me, it's so important. Um, before you do anything in your life, make sure you say God willingly. Mm. Because without His blessing, then you're not you're not sure if you're going to be able to do it or not. Right. But w- with His blessing, it, it just it gives you confidence in what you're doing. And if God wants you to do it, then you're going to get it done. Mm. That's awesome. Those That's some great advice from your mom. Very good. Francisco, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. And I just appreciate um, your encouraging and inspiring words. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who hear your story and they'll too um, feel that they can get through whatever they're going through, especially if it's cancer. And there is hope on the other side of that to do something more um, with their lives and to live out their dreams. Oh, thank you, Angela, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome.